0: This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hey there, everyone. Michael Seip, your host of the Strategic Advisor Board Energy of Business Moments podcast. I'm thrilled today to have Flavia Barris on the show. She is an t- attorney and she is a real estate investor and broker. And she is also the host of the podcast Lifestyle Solopreneur. Flavia, great to have you on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to chat with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were on another uh, episode of yours. And so I thought you had a tremendous amount of value you can bring. And I wanted you on our show. So mm-hmm. glad to have you here for that reason. And most importantly, you have talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of our audience are entrepreneurs. So um, I think there's some great value we can bring here. So tell us a little bit about your background and then what you're doing today on the business side.
1: Sure. So it's funny you say entrepreneurs, because growing up, that is like what I wanted to be. You know, you ask little kids, like, what do you want to be? And they have all kinds of answers. And I don't know how I learned this word or what it was, but I would tell people, um, well, I would actually call it being a business person. I want to be a business person. I want to be an entrepreneur. I think it came um, maybe because my dad, uh, he did so many different things that I, I would think of him as a business person, you know, as if this was a title. And I really grew up thinking that is what I wanted to be at one point, I just and I did. I had my own businesses right out of college. Um, some flopped phenomenally, but they were great learning experiences. And uh, about five years out, I'd already like tried and failed at some entrepreneurial things. I decided, you know if i if I can help build businesses, that would be amazing. So why don't I become a lawyer? so <laughs> Almost on a whim. I mean, this is—I don't recommend this. If anyone else wants to go to law school, I think you should give it more thought than I did. Um, so, you know, call me. i will talk you through it—the thinking process. But I went to law school and I wanted to be a business lawyer. I thought that was maybe a, a title. Um, turns out, there's so many different things you can do in the law, and I uh, fell in love with real estate law. So I ended up focusing on that. And of course, from there, you do grow into what you could think of as business law—you know—we do corporate formation work and, um, you know, agreements, contracts, uh, commercial contracts. Of course, there's so much that goes into it. Leases, uh, but we—I've had a great career doing that. But at one point, I decided to leave working for a big law firm and then do this on my own.
0: So when you started going out on your own. There's obviously a reason to go out on your own. What would you say was your motivating factor for going out on your own?
1: Yeah, nothing too groundbreaking, because I think it's such a common feeling when you're um, in the grind, you know, and you're working for a big corporation. I think lately, there's been this movement towards something called quiet quitting. And that's mm-hmm. that's not what I did. So I, I didn't um, pare back or sort of cut back to just what was expected of me. I'd always been sort of a in law school they call it a gunner, like the person at the front row who raises their hand every question. Um I wasn't quite that bad, but I I you know just worked hard. I was a workaholic. I'm still a recovering workaholic. That's still my biggest challenge is not sliding into this, you know, 12-hour a day working lifestyle. Um and that'll probably always be my challenge, right? But at the time I was working 12-hour days, but I was working in an office, a high-rise building with beautiful views of a world I never really visited. Um, You know, I could kind of look out and see the parks and see people taking walks and see uh, um, everyone living their lives, you know, in a more full way. But I was behind a keyboard um, typing away and reading documents and making calls and, um, you know, the to-do list that never really shrunk and just seemed to grow every day uh, billing time as lawyers, you have to write down every minute that you spend on something, which is kind of just a weird way to live. Uh, and, and I hit my point where I'm like, this is, uh, it's been great. It's been, you know, financially rewarding and I've learned a lot and I've met some great people, but my family needs me. They don't, they need more of me. And, uh, my friends, you know, I need to be able to have time to spend on hobbies And uh, this isn't a life. And I looked at the partners who'd been there for 20, 30 years longer than I was. And they were there, too. (laughs) You know, it was almost like, hmm, there's really no light at the end of this tunnel, because here's the people that have been doing this for a lot longer than I have. And, you know, they have the same schedule. So uh, that's when I decided to leave and uh, go out on my own and be a freelancer.
0: Yeah, thanks for explaining how that journey evolved for you and all those factors that could go into wanting to make that shift and make that change. So when you think about like for anybody that starts up their own business, they make either a big leap or baby steps along the way to, to get that business launched. And then once it's going, like there's some lumps along the way. So what would you say for you was uh, sort of a, maybe a low point in getting going or even later on once you're established that kind of set you back that that you had to work out of?
1: You know, the tough part is what next? You know, it's it's easy to leave something, um, that, you know, cut and run. Uh, some people do it very strategically. So it'd be more of a gradual, you know, making plans for a year sort of secretly, maybe on the side and then giving notice. Um, for me it was the opposite I I decided this isn't for me anymore so I need to leave this current job um but I I didn't really have you know I'm one of the ones that jumped off the cliff and then figured out how to build the parachute and um luckily you know I had savings and I had family and I had just kind of a good support network so I was able to do that and take that time and I understand that's a luxury not everybody has the savings, or, you know, can afford to do that. I also had real estate investments at the time. Um, so I was very fortunate to have been involved in real estate investing, because there was some passive income already sort of built in. So that wasn't my sole source of income. And, but it's, you know, there's that moment of, okay, who who do I want to be when I grow up? It's like all that, you know, when you're in college, and you sort of dread that same exact question, when people ask you, um, so what's your major and what are you going to be and what are you going to do? And you just feel like you're getting corralled in and you don't want to give an answer. So for me, it was very, um, it was very good to take that time and actually figure out what I liked about what I did before and whether or not I wanted to continue it and also to uh, choose a direction for myself. And I decided I wanted to stick with the law. I liked being a lawyer. I just didn't want to work 12-hour days. And you can definitely be a lawyer without working 12-hour days. I also wanted the ability to pick my own clients. When you work for a big firm, uh, when you have a job, when you're an employee, you don't pick the clients. You know, generally, you're there to serve whoever comes to that company um, for help. And and it's nice to have that control and direction. So I, I decided I want to stick with this just on my own terms.
0: Yeah, great. Well, there are some motivating factors for why we choose what we do, especially in business. Um, now, when these challenges come to our business, because every business owner, right, has challenges. So sometimes it's raising financing to go and launch the next product. Sometimes it's employee turnover and having too much employee turnover. It With you having that ability to kind of Neck down to who your clients were, and and control the hours that you had during the day devoted to the business. Um, were there any setbacks that you had, and and how did you deal with it?
1: Sure, I mean it's so hard to when you go out on your own doing whatever it is you're doing, consulting, coaching. Uh, you know, there's so many different ways where you can be a freelancer, self-employed, right? Um, and even though you no longer are beholden to a boss or a company. Um, you don't have to take all those clients. It is also really nice to have the constant flow of clients, right? When you work for a company, you're not out there. Unless you're in sales, and then that is your only job. But uh, as a lawyer, generally, the work gets given to you, and you do your work, and you do a good job. And yeah, maybe it's not the client you would have picked, but um, it was there for you. When you're out on your own, as a coach, whatever you are um as a company of one, you're also your own sales department. And so you have to constantly bring in business and work and um, outreach to your clients. And not everybody who's in the service industry professionally and in, at the corporate level uh, worked in sales. So not everyone knows the art of self-promotion and not everybody knows how to pick up the phone and make those calls or you know the outreach to your existing clients. And out there to try to get new clients, and so that is a huge challenge. And it's there's no real training out there for entrepreneurs on here's how you can become your own self promotion machine. I mean, maybe there is, and I just didn't, I didn't take that class. So for me, I had to learn from scratch. And uh, and I realized it's much easier to talk to people who already know you and have worked with you before to get referrals and clients that way than it is to do any kind of cold outreach or just, you know, advertising. Um, but it's all important. And so you, you quickly learn how to do that.
0: Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. And that referral network is probably one of the strongest ways to to get going on on a business. Um, so when I talk with our, our guests here on the show, sometimes, sometimes we talk about you know the the energy that we bring those those thoughts attached to the emotions and then the actions or behaviors that we, we do associated to those thoughts and emotions and so you know we throughout the day we can go through a roller coaster of emotions um, and sometimes the, there can be some great highs out of that one of gratitude or joy or absolute passion for what we do. So for you and your business, what would you say was an example of you enjoying the high in the business emotionally that contributed to that higher level energy?
1: So I, w- I do a lot of work in real estate and the nice thing of it, I should add, this is before law school. This is many, many years ago. I used to be a wedding planner for five years. I coordinated weddings in uh, San Diego, California, which is just a beautiful sort of wedding venue location, right? We have uh, beaches and parks and beautiful hotels and, you know, half the stuff has an ocean view. So it was really fun to be a wedding coordinator in San Diego, I have to say. Uh, and what was interesting about that job is there'd be all this buildup and then there'd be the big day, you know, like there was sort of a start point and an end point um, to the the matters and the transactions, uh, which later I, when I started doing real estate, I was like, wow, being a wedding coordinator was the closest thing to being a real estate lawyer. And it ha- doesn't even make sense if I said that to you, but it really is because there were checklists and preparation and coordination with other vendors. Like I'd call the surveyor, oh, is the survey ready yet? You know, like I would earlier call the cake baker. Oh, is the cake, you know, do, do you have all you need for the specs on that cake? And um And then everything's working towards this big day, right? The big closing, which for weddings is the wedding. And for real estate, usually is the day that it closes. Um, You know, everything is signed and the deed records and everybody celebrates. And um, I'll never forget, though, one of my very first transactions, I was working at the big firm. Um, Our client uh, is a very large uh, website that, everyone here will know of. It was actually one of the first huge websites back in like the 90s, 2000s, um, household name. And we did a, a really big transaction where they were purchasing a lot of land to build a data center, you know, to house like a lot of their activity, right? Their, their, um, their servers. And this data center property was very problematic. I mean, it was just, there were so many issues involved that at the very end of it, um, all the lawyers on the deal, we got a hard hat with a company logo on it, like a construction hard hat, and uh, and some a piece of it, a plaque to put on the wall. It's actually the, the plaque is a bronzed piece of the real estate that was problematic the whole time um, so that we could always remember this. And But the funny part is we were at the closing ceremony where people are actually signing the documents and one of our team it wasn't me and i'm not going to call it who it was but one of the lawyers knocked over the champagne glass and the champagne literally flooded across the table and got all the documents so it was one of those funny um stories where you know even in the moment of your highs you something could still kind of go wrong and you got to start from scratch but we make a habit of celebrating all the wins so whether we help somebody let's say purchase you know a $300,000 condo or it's a you know $30 million commercial property we will celebrate and we will usually go out to some sort of a celebratory brunch or lunch or dinner um i like to put on music when something goes really you know well cuz that it feels like a party you know and uh and i think you have to because if you don't take the time to celebrate the wins i mean what's it all for you know you, you end up um living kind of back, you know, the way I was, stuck at a stuck in an office for twelve hours a day where everything is just kind of monotonous. So I'm into celebrating the wins for sure.
0: Yeah, celebrating your wins is great. And there's sort of that cycle, right, of being and then doing and then having, right? And so sometimes we can get stuck in the doing and all we do is do and we don't actually get a chance to appreciate the moment in the having part of the cycle. And so having and recognizing those wins Become so valuable because then you can start continuing the cycle and going. Okay, well, I'm here now. Now, what do I? Now, what do I do next? You know. So, so um, I love that because that helps break that monotony. You're talking about a yeah, wonderful, wonderful story there. Well, Flavia, as you've uh, evolved in your business, what would you say has probably been one of your biggest lessons learned? You know, this is a
1: little philosophical and kind of goes a beyond business, but I've like, and it's probably just part of getting older. Life is short. That's what I've learned. Life is short. There, there won't always be a, a later for, you know, if you want to say, oh, I'll do that later, or maybe someday, you know, that would be great. There may not be a someday, you know, there actually is limited time. There isn't this unlimited canvas ahead of you where you can truly do, you know, anything at any point at, At some point, you really have to choose among things. You know, it's almost like uh, we're this huge salad bar of life, and you literally just have your ninety or hundred year plate. (laughs) Like that's what you're gonna end up being able to um, to you know fill. So you have to be very choosy. You know, you gotta you gotta ration that time um, and have some goals and. And uh, go for things now, if if it's a must do in this lifetime, well, get on that path right now. You really don't know how long you can put that off uh, because it's not just about the length of our lives. But, you know, our energy is so different at different points in our life. I'll give you a random example. Uh, when I was much younger, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a horsey place. I didn't grow up in the country. I was a city girl the whole time. But I had this weird random love of horses. I really thought I'd want to own one one day. I tried to take horse lessons whenever, you know, life offered me that opportunity. I loved going trail riding. I've done vacations where you go and do the dude ranch thing for a week at a time. It was like really loved horses. I just And I always assumed someday, you know, I would have a horse. I'd buy a horse. I'd, you know, figure out that life and, you know, find a stable to keep it at and the whole thing. And it was kind of this far off goal. I never did it. And, um, now today I don't want to do that because I'm in a different place. You know, I, the thought of needing to go and take care of a horse every morning or, you know, the obligation to ride that horse, you know, cause you, ha- you have, you have the horses are not like motorcycles, which my husband points out to me all the time. He's like, motorcycles are way better because you can really just park it for three months. And, uh, you know, that's okay. Maybe an oil change once in a while, like it's, it doesn't require much of you. But then when you want to ride, you get on and ride. It's like horses, you have to pet them every day. You know, you've got to you've got to brush them and feed them and I don't know, float their teeth. And, you know, it's like a little baby. It's a human. It's, you know, got its own needs too. Um, and I, I'm with that. I can't have a horse today. So I miss that. Like I, if I had wanted that in this lifetime, I had, you know, a 10, 15 year period where that would have been awesome. And I probably should have done it. I would have crashed and burned terribly, probably would have ended up hating it. Who knows? But at least I would have done it. Um, I never did. And at this point, I don't want to anymore. So there's also just phases of our life, too.
0: Yeah, there there are the phases in life. And then life is short kind of perspective of like, okay, you got to go do something. What's something that you do now that really floats your boat outside of your business?
1: Oh, I... I love hobbies. I live for hobbies, you know, that salad bar or, you know, whatever you want to call it, like the ice cream counter with all the ice cream flavors. Um, It's funny because with food, I'm actually like, I have my favorites and I stick to those, but with hobbies and things to try, I, I like to be all over the place. Um, Speaking of motorcycles, you know, my husband was really into bikes and um, I, I thought that seemed great. I got my motorcycle license and I, had a motorcycle for a while, you know, that again, that was, a. am glad I did that one because I wouldn't do it today. You know, I'm a mom and life is very different for me, but at the time, no kids, uh, we would load the motorcycles on a trailer, go out to the country and ride and ride and ride for hours. And it was so great. And I had my own, so I'm not just on the back of his, you know, I had my own motorcycle. Um, and they were what's called dual sports. So you could ride it on the dirt or on the road and so much fun. But, um, so that was a hobby I did for, for 2000 miles <laughs> because when I sold my motorcycle I had 2000 miles on it, which, you know, on a motorcycle is, is more than, um, it would feel in a car, uh, the horseback riding. Yeah. I would count that as a hobby. Now I do still try to go whenever I can. I just, you know, it's not really a goal to own my own horse, but I, I still love horses and, um, doing like Western type vacations places we were an aviation family we love to fly we love little tiny antique aircraft that you know even though it might might seem scary to get in a tiny airplane that was built in the 50s uh because they have to have these annual inspections and you know they're fairly simple machines to fly and you know your engine could go out and you have i don't know i'd say like an 80 percent chance of still being perfectly okay you know so um my husband's a retired uh Military pilot. And so we love to fly whenever possible. So we do that. We like hiking. Um, I live at the beach, you know, uh, walking distance to the beach. We love just hanging out and listening to the surf. And um, most mornings we do a, a beach walk with coffee in hand. And that is spiritually very satisfying practice. You know, it's not fancy, but it's just, you know, you just walk on the beach. Um, yeah, I would say. I could go on for hours, but I'll end there because that, you know, but that gives you an idea of sort of the things I like to do.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you shared all that because what's interesting, of course, to me is whenever we have a hobby that we enjoy doing, right, it it provides an uplift for us in whatever form. And so you talked about a bunch that, that you could just hear in your voice how much you enjoy doing that. And when you contrast that with the challenges we have of being a business owner, sometimes those business challenges can really weigh us down. So having a balance in our life where we have something else to uplift us, not just have another activity for diversity, but actually have something that uplifts us is, uh, is a great way to help overall raise our energy. And I love that you answered it that way because it, it does highlight that, yeah, as a business owner, you got to take care of yourself. And part of that might be doing some sort of hobby that really inspires you or makes you feel great. So good, good stuff there. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Something with flow, you know, something where you get lost in it, Mm -hmm. where you can really, truly just stop thinking about everything else in your life. Um, There's so, so many hobbies, so many hobbies.
0: Yeah, well, we could keep going for a while talking about some of this, but I would love to kind of get your perspective on one of our favorite questions, and that one is: if you could meet anybody deceased or living, who would that be, and why?
1: Well, it's no one you would have heard of or known. Um, so, my dad passed away when I was fairly young. I was probably in my do um, not remember exact age, but like mid twenties, you know, pretty young. And I would love to be able to meet him again talk and maybe I will you know I we don't know what happens next I might join him wherever he is um but it would be so amazing to talk to him he was an entrepreneur like you know entrepreneur of entrepreneurs you'd ask him what are you working on right now and he's like well we just broke ground on this new development we're doing this like resort but it's themed we're gonna have these giant butterflies like as decor and I mean this is actually a true story he's like and we're gonna um, make it, you know, he's like a really just fun place to go and, and spend the weekend. Um, and then we've got these like a mineral mine, and there's something going on there where we are discovering this new technique on how to mine. And he, he had, um, he was spread among so many different things, but he was never spread too thin. And I've, I've tried to live up to that myself and hope I've done it even half as well as he did. And so I would love, love, love for the opportunity to talk to him and share what I'm doing now, you know, he never got to meet his grand uh daughter, he never got to like see what I did. Um you know, he passed away before I even went to law school and he was always one of the biggest advocates of uh education and he had always said I should go to law school, I'd make a great lawyer and I'm sure that that factored into my decision to go. Um he didn't push me into it, but I you know, he'd be so proud. So that's the person I wish I could talk to again today.
0: Yeah, what an incredible opportunity to talk with him because it meant so much to you for him as a sort of a role model in a lot of ways for you. And then to share in that success and, and be in the presence again, obviously, would be good, too. So good topic, good pick. Yeah, well, Flavia, if people want to work with you or find out more about what you offer, how can they do so?
1: You know, I do so many different things. If someone is looking to get into real estate and um, they want to become a real estate investor, either in rentals or furnished vacation rentals, um, I I could talk about real. I could nerd out on real estate all day long. Um, my brokerage's website is Bookmark Realty. So Bookmark Realty, we have. Uh, colleagues and agents all over the country. So um, anywhere you want to buy or sell real estate, you can go to Bookmark Realty. You can reach me directly that way. I see every email that comes through the the main website. And, um, or if somebody needs an attorney, I do very specialized areas of law. I do uh, trust in estates, like helping people with their estate planning, setting up a trust, setting up a will, um, usually both. And uh, also with real estate law. I do commercial leasing and um, quite a bit of work with purchase and sale on the legal side, not just the brokerage side. And for any of that, even if I can't help you, I may know the right lawyer who can. Uh, Barris Law, B-E-R-Y-S-L-A-W, B-E-R-Y-S-L-A-W, Barrislaw.com is where you'd go for that.
0: Great. Well, thank you for sharing that and explaining where <laughs> where they can reach you. Um, I'm sure a lot will want to do that. So, Flavia, thank you for being on the show today and sharing your wisdom and your insights. It's very valuable and uh, great having you on the show.
1: Always, always great to chat with you about all this stuff. I know we both nerd out on all everything So yeah.
0: We do. We do. Awesome. Well, hey, have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.